you know what's crazy is growing up as a suburban white kid in Minnesota, in suburban Minnesota, you're like, I've heard about punk rock and punk rock's cool and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna fight the fucking system, man. We're we're gonna smash the state. And then as you grow older and you learn about the world around you and the way things really are, you learn about the troubles. And um, stiff little fingers right there with alternative ulcer to, to kick off the um, Brian Oak show episode two hundred and holy crap two hundred ninety nine ninety nine how is that even vaguely possible what it's, have you done Sean they said it couldn't be done yeah no and now Frankenstein's running amok around the podcast community anyway the point is you know you grow up and you're like okay I understand being mad at America and the structure and the system and the man I. I Again, I like the hippies when they did it. I like the punks when they did it. But then there were people who grew up where bombs were going off on neighborhood corners all the time. And you're like, oh, shit, these people had it real. I, these, these people, people died. It was, it was very, very real. Normally, we don't talk to our guests until we're well into the show. By the way, Brian Oak Show, episode 299. We'll thank our sponsors shortly. John Cosgrove is our guest right now. John, where did you grow up? I grew up in the north of Ireland. Some people call it Northern Ireland, but yeah. because, you know, it's a divided country, I call it of the course. north of Ireland. But one thing about um, bands like Stiff Little Fingers, they didn't care if you were a Catholic, Protestant, Fenian, Tig, Loyalist, Nationalist, British. The punk movement was the punk movement. They didn't, like, Stiff Little Fingers didn't say, we're a British band or we're an Irish band. They right, were a right. punk band. Yeah. And that brought the young people together at that time. Well, because it was like, we all have something better to work towards, right? And I think that was the sort of unifying message of punk rock music. There is something better for us to work toward. And we can all do it together. That being said, it does not diminish the fact that there were bombs going off on the regular. Yes. And I, you want to be mad at that, right? You want to you want to be like they're terrorists, but at the same time, you have to understand that, like, if you don't fight for who you are and where you are and what you are, then what's the fucking point? Yeah, then you can't enjoy your punk music. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, child, you know what I love about you? <laughs> Almost everything. I just, no matter what I say, there's always a contrarian point of view. We'll talk to John Cosgrove in just a moment here because, hey, what do we do but trot out our favorite Irish guy every single year around this time of year? Give me your favorite. Come on, go ahead. Ah, da, 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 da. And I don't even know what that means, but I look forward to it every single year. I am Brian Oak. That's Sean Bernard. Sean, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm not. I'm, I, well, I, <laughs> you, I was the most honest. You, 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 don't, you, yeah. don't, you don't want the real story. Hi, Tatai, Tatai, Tatai. Can hi, Tatai, Tatai, Tatai mean different things? It's not always just a cartoon. If I say it in the way I just said it, it means I don't ask. Yes. It's exactly what it is. Are the. <laughs> so that's what you've meant in the past when I've asked how are you? You're like, hi, tie, to tie, to tie. I mean, we we only have an hour, and you have to mention sponsors, so we don't have that time. It's not an Oprah Winfrey podcast. That's true. No, that's true. And I have nothing to give away here. Let's go ahead and take care of those sponsors. John's good at this, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's really he good is. at this. Uh, <laughs> we are in the Smart Start MN studio. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. Should you drink and drive, which you should not, and we are by no means saying, oh, well, all three of us are Irish, one of us more than the other two, um, or at least has the good accent, right? Has the good, was it called a brogue? Uh, could be, if you're an American describing someone else having it. <laughs> 
I really, I really do. So great. I really do love just how edgy <laughs> today's guest exactly. is. And I, I, I also like the fact that he's dancing on me for being underslept <laughs> and a little tired and more than a little late. And I know that he's a little edgy from having sit here waiting for me to get here. Smart Start MN. Should you drink and drive, which you shouldn't do, but do if you do, you will you, you lose your license before uh, you're even found guilty. And um, that'll be a problem. And they can help you get back into your vehicle sooner than you otherwise might expect. And we can save you a little bit of money. It's already super affordable compared to not driving. But if you want to save even more dough, go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation interlock system. Also, my friend Sean Bernard, uh, who I've been doing this with for, my God, is it really over three years now that we've been doing this, show? It's three years and a couple of months, I think. Holy cowboy. Yeah. Anyway, Sean, in addition to being the producer and co-owner of a wildly, I don't know about popular, but wildly influential podcast, a podcast that's changing the nature of how conversation works, The Brian Oak Show, uh, he's also a, what are you laughing at, Irishman? What are you laughing at over there? Uh, I, I didn't know I was allowed to talk during this segment, so I was just thinking. You can talk. I was thinking other thoughts. <laughs> I don't believe you. That's fine. Sean Bernard is also a realtor for Edina Realty, 50th and France location, um, and uh, he's a good dude. This is the time of year. You know, I mean, granted, it's been snowing. It's been cold. It's going to snow more. It's going to get cold more. But eventually the spring is going to come and people are going to get the idea of change. Spring is not only the time for most of the species on the planet to start humping, but it's also a good time for people to start thinking about moving. Yeah, I'm starting to see some uh, houses with clients. There's not enough inventory out there is the greatest challenge. So if you've been thinking about listing, now's the time to do it because the buyers want to see places and I keep doing searches, and there are not enough homes for them to be able to see that match the parameters they're looking for. So if you're, I know it's hard to think about this when there's still 17 feet of snow on the ground, but believe it or not, spring will be here eventually. Mm. Uh, give me a call, 612-859-2594, and we'll at least discuss where your house is at and what you need to do to get it ready to sell. I still donate a portion of every buy and sell to a local musician or band. How do people get a hold of you? 612-859-2594. Good idea. And I recommend him. I've, I've somehow been able to tolerate being his friend for, <laughs> my God, what, 25 years? Oh, Longer? Oh, man. I hate, to, I hate yeah. to break it to you, man, yeah. but that's the, that's the way the game Jeez. works. I still remember the first time I ever met tonight, uh, today's guest on the show. Now, we have him by because he is an Irish expat. And I, it's always fun to talk to somebody who's genuinely Irish on St. Patrick's Day. My wife and I. Uh, my dear Colleen, uh, we went to uh, a great place downtown, the local, and we sat down and they had these little uh, tables where it was just two people. We were going to have a lovely, intimate St. Patrick's Day dinner. We're both of Irish extraction, if you will. And this loud mouthed Irishman sat down next to us and literally sat with us for over an hour. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy <laughs> i honest to god I'm, but but I, I enjoyed his company but i'm like i'm trying to you know get a little get lucky the luck of the irish little luck of the irish and i'm gonna be honest he was cock blocking me on my own wife the whole <laughs> dinner but it's nice to have him by um and since we've already cracked the mic let's go ahead and get him started on this very first song right here uh first of all john cosgrove uh lovely to see your face again thank, uh, thank you very much uh, it's not everybody that invites me to a show 
uh, having met me as a cock blocker, but we'll go with that uh, as we will. Um, so Co- Cosgrove's cock blocking services now available. <laughs> Look, if you're looking for someone to intentionally interfere, so you kind of want to, but don't really want to have to, nobody, nobody will get you in better touch. And this than is me. why I don't send the link to the show to my mother. Anyway, uh, the first song I've picked tonight is a band, was the first time when I was, you know, seven, eight years old, uh, punk was at its zenith and I was, you know, I was still dealing with First Communion and Confession. I wasn't having time to deal with punk music. But on Irish radio, uh, they played this band quite a bit because they were the voice of the nation at the time. And uh, their biggest hit was played on the radio on a regular, I Don't Like Mondays. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were competing with Cliff Richard for the number one spot. Oh and they managed to beat out Cliff Richard, which I took great joy in but they got they got a lot they got in a lot of trouble about this song because it was a social commentary on the country at the time there's a line in the song black and blue uniforms policing me black uniforms are the priests blue uniforms are the guardi now oh my. It, as it since turned out um he was right everything he wrote about in the song and about the oppressed nature of the of the country was true but in the time he was he was being told that he was anti-irish the one Sir Bob Geldof. He was anti-Irish because he was speaking truth to power. As it turns out, he was very prophetic, and we thank him for it, and that's why I love listening to this song. And it's a great song. Safety car, 
Hardly your diddly diddly. Did you just say it's going to do that reggae shit for days? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what you said. My name is Brian. That's Sean. It's the Brian Oak Show, episode 299. <laughs> and our guest today is one John Cosgrove, um, whose company I have always enjoyed. I realize I told a story about how he crashed some, I don't know, Valentine's slash St. Patrick's Day dinner, whatever. But I've always enjoyed John's company. John, I want to ask you a very blunt question. I want you to be, which you've never been anything but. I don't know why I'm trying to really like let it all out right now, John, because you've never done, you've never once held back ever. Does it make you... Not angry, because I don't really feel like you're an angry dude. Does it feel dismissive to be trotted out right around this time every year near St. Patrick's Day? I'm going to tell you a story. Please do. Um, when I first moved here, uh, one of the first people Which I was met, when? Uh, 99, summer of 99. All right. So in the last century. Gotcha. Uh, one of the first people that that became a mentor and friend, Kieran Folliard, famous around these parts. Mm-hmm. He took me for a drive around the Twin Cities, and he said, what do you see? I go, big buildings. Yes, you're right. There are big buildings. What else do you see? <laughs> I said, I don't know. Is this a test? Is, are you going to send me home if I don't give you the right answer? Uh, I said, bridges? He goes, yes. This is a town with lots of bridges. It looks like a big city, but it's, in fact, two small cities with lots of bridges. And where you're from, in the north of Ireland, you like to burn bridges. No, you like to bomb bridges. Oh, you, you can't wow. do that over here. No burning bridges. Wow. That's what he taught me. And he was being both literal and figurative, right? Yes. And he said, no, he wasn't being literal. He was being <laughs> oh, figurative. And um, the other thing here that he taught me, because it was coming up to St. Patrick's Day, and I was working at one of his pubs, and he said, okay, 
So, little secret, we're going to milk these Yanks for all that they have. Oh, I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. I'm but, parapha- but you are getting to the essence of what we're talking I'm about. I'm paraphrasing. And he said, you're not in Ireland anymore. People here take their heritage very seriously, and we're going to respect it. And we're going to make a shit ton of money from oh, it. Oh, 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 <laughs> nice. And it worked, from what I understand. I understand Kieran's done quite well for himself. Yeah, Kier- Kieran's doing okay. And, it, and you know why? I still... Um, employ his counsel from time to time because you know you may have you've touched on it earlier i sometimes can be a little rough around the edges more than i need to be sometimes and he has always tried to keep me on that and i appreciate that from him (laughs) because he is the consummate diplomat uh there is not one person that i've ever met has ever said a bad word about him that cannot be said about me and I'm okay with that. Who's it's ever okay said it? Well, oh, oh, trust me, I've been under I've been under a boot heel a time or two myself. But who talks shit about John Cosgrove? Well, <clears throat> how long do we have? Anyway, that's not important. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That's all not, right. That's not important. Anyway, I just I feel a little conspicuous because we always have you by around St. Patrick's Day, and it's not just because you're an adorable little leprechaun that looks great in a green outfit and a yeah. big green top yes. hat, but it's also because you know both Sean and I are of uh, you know we we've got a little Irish heritage in our bones, right? There and- is nothing better for an Irish person to be honored. I mean, the Irish government sends all their top brass to the United States, the far corners of the world, every year to promote Irish culture and Irish investment. Right. Why would I be any different? I am a, a diplomat and I am a sort of a, a, a card-carrying Irish person whose he- job here is to, you know, I'm representing my culture. Why would I not want to do that? It'd be one thing if we had you in here and talked about fucking green beer and all that bullshit. We can, yeah. we have you come in here and talk about culture. Yes. Talk about yeah. music that maybe people you're not, you're totally not, missed. You know? To paraphrase, we're not here to do shamrockery. Shamrockery. <laughs> nice. I feel like I feel like you shouldn't have just handed that out. I feel like yeah. there that's like a that's a trademarkable. Oh no, that is. That's what we call the the green beard. The, yes, the, the, the fake red, yeah. the leprechaun outfits. We call that shamrockery. My youngest daughter Marie is twelve years old, and we were in a department store that your main name is Target the other day, and <laughs> she said, "Come, Dad, look at all this this plastic crap they have for St. Patrick's Day." I go, Marie. That shamrockery is for Irish Americans. It's not for the Irish. We don't need to display any of that to, to show our Irishness. We have, she goes, well, I don't have an accent. I go, just let your daddy take care of it. <laughs> and I get, I don't even feel like it's Irish Americans. Americans have latched on. And let me ask you this, because obviously, you know, having Irish very heavily on both sides of my family, and there's no shortage of the, let's go out and get loaded, you know, throughout my entire family legacy. But it's more than Irish Americans. Do you feel like it diminishes Irish culture when people go out and just get fucking shit faced on St. Patrick's Day? No, I think at this stage um, it's a little sad, and we avoid it a bit like people who avoid going out on New Year's mm-hmm. Eve. It's a bit like amateur amateur, night, amateur yeah. hour. Um, like puppies, puppies are not just for Christmas. Mm. Being Irish is not just for March seventeenth. Right. So exactly. we get to be Irish all year long. We yeah. get to represent who we are. And on St. Patrick's Day, it's a shit show, and you roll with it. And then March 18th, we're still Irish, and they have a hangover. Exactly. So, again, my job required me to be out both St. Patrick's Days and doing the St. Patrick's Day thing. But I always enjoyed it because, you know, there there are so many interesting elements. Well, let me ask you this, then. I know St. Patrick's Day, much, much, much more is made of it here than is in Ireland, right? It's obviously a thing. Ireland has learned... I mean, like most things, like Halloween isn't was an Irish holiday. Came over here, 
was embraced here and has become this big industry. Uh, you can a, tell, a multi-billion yes. dollar industry. And you can tell by the stores, you know, stocking the, the merchandise. Beginning in August. And then that filters back to Ireland. So when we were growing up, we were dressing up as, you know, ghosts and, and yeah. wizards and whatever <laughs> for Halloween and, and, and eating apples and, and unsalted peanuts because that's what we, we celebrated the harvest. My nephews Unsalted and niece, peanuts? Yeah. How much do the Irish people hate themselves? <laughs> hey, it's all being offered up to the sacred heart. Okay. <laughs> right? I'll, but now, I'll just take your word right. for it. I'll then, take your word for and it. And then my, I look at my nephews and nieces in Ireland now and they're full costume, Superman, Spider-Man, the whole thing, because it's come over here, commercialized and sent back. Right. Same thing with St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day in Ireland used to be a, a holy day. You go to church yeah. and you'd have a little parish parade. Dublin now is like carnival for the whole of the weekend. For real? Like yes, so parades absolutely. and oh, craziness. Oh, absolutely. Not, like, not quite like Chicago. Like, like no. so dying the river green is kind of a cool deal, right? It I is. mean, I'm glad that yeah. there are, you know, all around America, no matter where you look, depending on the ethnic group you're talking about, there are pockets of people, and clearly a large number of Irish people landed in Chicago. Dying a whole river green has got to be both wonderful and kind of cartoonish, right? Oh, absolutely, but, you know, it's still celebrating the same thing, and, and whatever essence you take from it is up to you. Huh. I just like some of the good luck. I'm going to be honest. 2023 is off to a <laughs> difficult start right now. I could use a little of the good luck. I want to talk to you about your uh, your native country. I've been there a few times, and uh, I know that you've been back there a lot more. Than, well, hell, that's where you grew up, right? I mean, yeah. that's the whole place. I don't want to talk about pipe bombs, but I do want to talk about some of the more esoteric Pipe notions. dreams? Look at that. <sighs> pipe bombs and pipe dreams. That's an album. Uh, or a great, great, great book. John Cosgrove is our guest. Um, we're going to hear a couple of songs back to back right here. Now, this first one, I don't know who Paul Brady is. T- talk to oh, me about this song. Paul Brady is is an Irish treasure. He is a singer songwriter who did a lot of work when he came to America with Bonnie Raitt. Oh, he wrote songs for Bonnie I know Raitt. Bonnie Raitt. Yeah, he wrote songs for Bonnie. He wrote the song "Paradise Is Here." I think Tina Turner mm. covered that song. Um, he's well respected in the singer songwriting genre. He, of course, he's a, a big star in Ireland. But when he was starting out, he kind of had to work his way up through the shall we go the the diddly diddly apprenticeship. He, plays, <laughs> he played guitar on this little track. It's only a, a minute and a half. I have a lot of friends who struggle with the diddly diddly. I love it. It got me through COVID because listening to that sort of uh, music sort of brought me back to what my ancestors had to struggle through, and it was it was. Um, very soothing to me. So you've got that element, and then we move into the undertones, the the voice of a generation. And, and both of these tracks are less than two minutes long, so it's a nice little... It shows the full range of what Irish music really can be. And the one quote we'll remember from this entire show is, the diddly diddly got me through COVID. <laughs>
band out of Derry in Whoa. the <laughs> north of Ireland. Not Northern Ireland. We don't go with that anymore. We go north of Ireland. Very, Very good. Well, well done. Uh, the undertones. Well, I'm, I'm trying to follow your lead. Look, man, one of the things I've tried to do as I've gotten older is just pay attention a little more, listen a little more. If someone says, this is my gender, or this is how we say this thing now, or this is how we address this thing now, I don't want to fight with anybody, man. You know what I'm looking for? What, what I really want, if, you, if I'm being incredibly honest, without diminishing the importance of what this word means... I'm trying to avoid the troubles ever again, man. I, 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 honest to God, I, I, I want no more of it ever, ever again. I want none of that garbage. Complete and utter civil strife, conflict, and bloodthirst, but we'll just call it the troubles. We like to downplay. I, well, I, and again, I saw a good bit by an Irish comic the other day that said, like, um, calling the British Civil War would be the hassle. Yes. You know, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, you just, you, you can't, it, it, the troubles is, people died, all right? And people yeah. were, were trying to have self-recognition and self-worth and they were trying to throw off the oppressor and when you tell people about that they're like look man you're not fighting the civil war all right i'm like no i didn't and i luckily i never had to fight at all but you grew up in the north of ireland yes i mean you you were sometimes held home from school because there were bombs and things like that and and many times on a saturday night because i live so close to the border with the republic of ireland yeah yeah uh as it's now known future names tbd Mm. um we would go out on a Saturday night and on the way home, I'd be the designated driver. So I have four intoxicated buddies and the lads in the car. Yeah. And we'd be going on this little back road, quote unquote, unapproved. And, you know, four or six. And what does unapproved mean? I mean, I don't mean to interrupt your story, but like you don't have papers or you're like, it's just not a cool road to go on? It's a a road that's not a... a, There's no barriers or barricades. Correct. All right, all right. The locals may have removed the barriers or whatnot because otherwise you have to go around the long way. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, you cross the quote-unquote border and eight to ten British soldiers come out pointing their guns in at the car at two in the morning going, where are you going, mate? And I'm like, why, why is somebody from, you know, South Wales or North yeah. London asking me why I'm on this road? Yeah. And I'm the most... Like you know, loaded live guns oh, in yes. your face oh, just yes. on the way home from a night out. Yes. And because, you know... Uh, we're there. We're we're the target market. We're young men who are out and about, and who knows what we could be up to. You fucking mix. Yeah. Honest to God. <laughs> Honest to goddamn God. The band, the Undertones, right there, are from Derry. Now let me ask you this, because you know I love the promotion of Irish culture. You know, in the proper way. In fact, you brought me some Thin Mints today, yeah, which it's is because it's a green box. It's a green box, and you know how Irish people are about green. It's the Emerald Isle. Actually, they're called. Tin mints. Oh, <laughs> we make it back to ten, Leslie. That guy was so hammered, oh. and I've been that guy before, and so I just smiled and nodded, but I kept telling him like, "No, I love Thin Lizzie. Ten, Leslie. <laughs> They're ten mints, Brian. Anyway, the undertones are from Dairy. You have, I'm certain, seen the show Dairy Girls, right? Yes. I find that show to be touching and brilliant. Do you find it to be Painted in too broad, uh, like are the strokes no. too broad? I mean, given that it's written by somebody from Derry, and that yes. was her experience growing up, and it's a show written for an audience. It's yeah. not written to to curate history. You can go on Wikipedia, and there's plenty of documentaries that do that. <laughs> I think what it does, it paints the picture. Teenagers are still struggling with all the teenage things, yes, and they have soldiers with guns on their bus. 
Right. You know? Right. And in addition to thinking about their knickers, they're thinking about incendiary devices. <laughs> so to me, it is, wow. it's, wow. you know, because life still has to go on. It does. And you still have to, you know, navigate just a little bit more. Now, your mother's still going to be like threatening you if you go outside with the wrong jacket on, whether you're you are in an occupied zone or you're not. <laughs> so it's the same thing. When you say that right there, but that that to me puts it in a very all of a sudden the light got a lot brighter right there for me. Like when you talk about living in an occupied zone, was that your youth? That's what I felt like. Yeah. I mean, I mean, living on the border, there was the military installations were everywhere. The, I mean, British Army helicopters were landing in our backyard. I'm not saying that to sensationalize. That was just part of the day to day. You would expect to be stopped by military, military. Uh, people uh, as part of your daily routine. And see, the, 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 but I think that's an important thing because I'll tell you what: growing up in Coon Rapids, on the, <laughs> uh, in the in the mean in the mean cul-de-sacs of Coon Rapids, I was never once stopped by somebody with an automatic weapon wearing a military full military garb, asking what my business was about, where yeah. I was going, what yeah. I was up if to. You get, if you did get stopped, Brian, it was, oh, geez, you know, you should probably slow down a bit there because. You were going six miles over the speed limit, so you probably want to slow her down. Well, and it sounds like a cliche when you say it like that, but also, like, I was never in any real trouble, but I was also never in any proper danger other than the danger I was trying to dig up. But when you talk about living in an occupied zone, I think that it's easy for people to diminish what the troubles meant and and what it was. And I don't really want to focus on that the whole well, the show. Well, the fact that we're now coming up on 25 years, I mean, the last episode of Derry Girl celebrated the... Good Friday Agreement in 1998. Now, it's mm-hmm. 25 years this year since that agreement mm. was signed. There's still peripheral political posturing going on, no more so than this week, uh, involving British Prime Ministers, Irish Taoiseachs, and, and, and people in between. But there isn't that military threat that was there. So for the last 25 years, an entire generation has enjoyed being able to go about their daily life with still some tension, but without that military presence. And that's, to be, you know, in all intents and purposes, very progressive. Now, from someone like me moving to Minnesota 25, roughly 25 years ago, I haven't had that experience. I've moved here and suddenly it's a new life. Right. But there's lots of benefits to being Irish in Minnesota. Number one, there's not a lot of us, so we're kind of a novelty. So <laughs> I get to talk on microphones more so here than I would yeah. in Ireland. Right. I have my, I have two podcasts. I probably wouldn't have started a podcast in Ireland because I'd be like, who's your man over there talking on there in the podcast? <laughs> that wouldn't happen. But I get to do it here. And, and so you, you embrace those opportunities. And, you know, as as a precursor to the next tune we're going to play, this band, Pillow Queens, were on the front cover of the Irish equivalent to, to Rolling Stone, which is Hot Press. They're huge in Ireland. They'll fill an arena. They'll come over here and they'll play the turf club and then we'll hang out and have a beer with them afterwards because that's the joy of living here, being from there, keeping in touch with what's going on from a musical sense. I've seen all my favourite artists. I've had stood and had pints with people like Damien Rice and even David Gray, not because I'm anything special, but because, you know, I'm not surrounded by the same and we stand out. So I am very much enthusiastic and fully embrace my Irishness, especially in Minnesota. There are certain lies I will not tolerate. And I think Sean will back me up on this. When you say, John Cosgrove, that you are not anything special, 
That's a lie. Yes. And you know, you know it's yeah. wrong. Because you're not just an Irishman, right? If you were only an accent, this would have been over a long yes. time ago, and you wouldn't be joining us every single year around this time when we trot you out in your green top hat. Will you say it for me one time, please? I love it so much. And again, I know that it's it's speaking to the thing I'm actually speaking against right now. But you're awfully damn good at it. I'm going to be honest. There's something about you people. If I, if you don't mind me calling you, you people. But if, when you say you're not special, that's not true. If you didn't have a certain charm, if well, you didn't have I a certain I come here attitude, every year to have the ego stroked because, you know, Ireland doesn't allow egos. You know, look what happened to Bono. Tommy Tiernan, the famous yeah. Irish comedian, said, we love America. They give us the Simpsons. They give us you too, because if America didn't embrace you too, there'd be nobody. <laughs> nice. Oh my God. I want to talk about your podcast. I want to mention our final sponsor, but you already kind of announced them. Now, I do not know who Pillow Queens are. Tell me about them. There are four uh, young women from Dublin, yeah. and they like to rock, and they've played the turf club here, and they were amazing live. And I'll do whatever I can to help promote them because that's what I told them over a pint. So that's why they're here.
I feel like a lot of Irish music, it's pretty, but it has an unrelenting nature to it. Does that seem fair? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no. Just like Irish people in general. Well, <laughs> you know how they are. You know how you people are. Yes. <laughs> John Cosgrove is our guest on The Brian Oak Show. Before we commence our conversation here, uh, I do want to thank Moxie Wealth Management. Joe Burgess and his group do a comprehensive approach to wealth management. Now, a lot of us probably think, wealth, I don't have wealth. I'm, you know, I'm just, I got this over here. I got this little thing. I got that. But a lot of people own homes. You got a 401k. You've got, you've got insurance. You have things that you have to think about when it comes to moving forward and Again, I would hate to say that anyone in this room is of a certain age, but I believe that all of us are a certain age where these sorts of things become something that if you don't want to think about it right this second, fine, don't. But you have to think about it. And Moxie Wealth Management, they're good people and they do good work. The reason why I brought that poster in here that says, if you've failed to plan, you plan to fail. Oh. Is because of my- <laughs> If we don't master our fear, fear becomes our master. Is That's that, what is I'm that coming next? Yeah. Okay. Get a hold of Moxie Wealth Management. Moxie Wealth Management. Sorry. Moxie Wealth Management. <laughs> that when you and I both crack each other up, we're in trouble. MoxieWealthManagement.com. Set up an appointment and see where you're at. Uh, great time to roll things over to one group that has a team of people so you don't have to mess with it. They'll tell you where you stand, when you can retire, if you can retire, if it's possible, what's going to happen, moxiewealthmanagement.com. Yeah, no, they've already told me I'm not going to make it. Oh, it's not going to happen? No, it's not (laughs) going to work for me, but it can work for you, moxiewealthmanagement.com. Mr. Cosgrove, you are an Irish expat. Um, What was the first inspiration for you coming to America? What was the the point? Uh, Well, I'll give you the short version. Growing up, we had, uh, on my mom's side, her mom had like four or five sisters that moved to the Philadelphia area mm. in the 50s. A couple of them married GIs, and they all had like 27 children each. <laughs> and they all had kids. Very Irish of so, them. So um, we had these second cousins that would come over in the summertime from the East Coast, and they had beautiful teeth and wonderful skin tone, <laughs> and they, they showered a lot. And they told they would say things like, Jesus Christ, potatoes again? This isn't a joke. Or, oh, wow, six of you stay in this house? Like, they were a little condescending. Yeah. Put it, or, oh, can I get some pizza? And we're like, what's pizza? Anyway, yeah. this was in the early 80s. But one cousin, Melissa Daly, I'll never forget her, she introduced me to U2. This is the joke about U2. It took the American right. to introduce us. But in general, our attitude towards America was a little... Uh, you know, there was some friction there. So I'd never had any inspiration mm-hmm. uh, to come to the U.S. My brother Seamus came uh, after college. Wait a minute. Your brother's name's actually Seamus? Well, here's the joke, right? Okay. So um, I get all the talent and the looks and he gets the name. <laughs> and as I said to him one day when we were altar boys, <laughs> I, said, joke. <laughs> I said, you know, you're never going to hear the priest saying, this is the gospel according to Seamus. It's always the gospel according to John. So just make sure. But he did. He got the name and he's used it well. Fair enough. Um, but he ended up uh, visiting some friends in Minneapolis and he said, you should check it out. It's not like, you know, the East Coast. It's almost Canadian. So he planted the seed. And uh, through one thing and another, I ended up here and I stayed. I met Kieran and that was a big, big factor as well. And the weather was, you know, it wasn't raining every day and that also helped. I also remember my first time on the air because I wrote to the program director at Cities 97 back in the day. And I said, uh, you know, I just heard your morning guy say that they're going to have lucky charms next week oh, for St. Patrick's Day. I go, I think we can we can step it up a little yeah, and talk a little bit about culture. So I managed to worm my way on, on air. And I remember being very and That was nervous. Brian Turner, not me, right? That was me, Brian right? Turner. All right, very yeah, good, very it good. was. 
And it tells you how long ago it is. He gave me a cassette copy of my segment on the show, and I still have it. You don't say. Yeah. So we, so we used to run those. Those were air checks, and that's how we ran air checks yeah. all the time. You reach down, you hit play and record on an old-fashioned tape recorder, yeah. and then there you go. There's your segment right there, and you still have it to this day. I still day. have it, and, and we had some wonderful adventures, and I know we did some stuff with you on the radio as well. Mm. But my favorite story was Brian Turner, BT, to his friends, mm-hmm. if he's on TPT, um, he was in Ireland, and I managed through Seamus uh, to get him a, uh, on air on Today FM, which mm-hmm. is a national station. I've also done the same. And yeah. Yes, and uh, because Irish radio loves that deep American voice. Yeah. <laughs> and <coughs> so I said to Brian, I said, if you manage to get on air, um, me and my wife just found out we're going to have a baby. Well, she's going to have it. I'm going to be there. Right. Um, <laughs> and the family doesn't know if you could announce it. And he announced it on national radio. My mom nearly crashed the car. So that's my favorite radio story. Well, I'm glad your mom didn't crash the car. And yeah. I'm glad everything else worked out for And that for was you. 17 years ago because he's now 17 and a bit. Yeah, okay. Well, there we go. Yeah, and you know what's weird is people think when you go to a radio station that you're going to mission control at NASA. Oh, for sure. And that is anything but the case. Today yeah. FM was in a sort of brownstone standalone. Yeah. And, like, you know, there's stuff sitting on the stairs and you're walking up and yeah. somebody needs to vacuum this fucking place. <laughs> and then you sit down. But people couldn't have been kinder and more wonderful, which is my general impression. Everywhere I've ever been in Ireland, and Sean, you've been there several times mm-hmm. as well. Everywhere I've ever been almost sounds like something out of a a fucking travelogue or some ridiculous brochure or something on television. The greatest compliment you can give an Irish person is to tell them they're a character. So we're all aspiring to be characters. And by the way, there's no uh, alcohol abuse in Ireland. There's there's four levels. There's (laughs) he enjoys a pint. She's fond of a pint. She's a wee bit too fond of a pint. And she's a character. (laughs) <laughs> so character's the top level oh, yes. yes there we are well aren't you a character 10 <laughs> john cosgrove also has a very active rich life even here in america um i know you have two podcasts tell me about those podcasts and what else you might be up to as we look forward to 2023 uh well so far so good i'm very very fortunate and it was people like uh sean bernard uh who was a great mentor back in the day when i was starting to thinking about doing a podcast and I was very fortunate to meet my co-host Stephen Quinn, Quino to his friends, of which he doesn't have many. He, <laughs> the joke is, the joke is between the two of us, we have forty years broadcasting experience. Yeah. His is 39 years. Mine is a couple of weeks. Uh, he was in broadcasting in Australia for a long time and has, you know, he gets to interview people like Bob Geloff and Hall Notes and Jackson Bryan, whereas I was listening to it. So he was my co-host. So he structured the show. It's called The Crafty Rogues. There's a story behind that that we won't get into now. So craftyrogues.com, as it sounds. It was going to be the name of a pub, but that didn't work out. Whatever, it's now a podcast. It hasn't worked out yet. Six and a half years later, the podcast is still going. And then two years ago, we um, had pints and glasses of wine with our French friend, Vincent Francois, Vincent Emmanuel Francois. And uh, he's like, I kind of like this podcast, Lark. And so we started one with him. It's called Le Grand Fromage, LGF. 
Pod.com is the easiest because Le Grand Fromage is French and no one needs to spell that. Nonsense. Does the Grand Fromage mean the great cheese? The big cheese. The big cheese. That's what he there called himself. Go. All right, all right, all right. And, and in the last couple of months, he's just opened a new restaurant in downtown East Minneapolis called Chloe by Vincent. It is killing it. But the podcast is his kind of like every week. It's almost like therapy. We check in. We talk about the best thing we had this week, the worst thing we had this week, what we get up to. Um, he has a recipe. We He talks about the back of house. I, of course, was in the restaurant business for a while. I talk about the front of house. We have great fun. He's traveled all over the world uh, culinary-wise. I've traveled all the world uh, ragamuffin-wise. Um, <laughs> and and so we have, and you know, of course, we have Quino driving the bus who knows how a show should be structured. We have a lot of fun with that. So those are the two podcasts. Where do you find the, I mean, like, is there ground zero for both of them or do we go to just look up the, the yeah. Le Grand Fromage yeah. online and Crafty Rogues We're online? really, really good at talking on the podcast and mm. putting it together. We're not so good at marketing it, but that's part of the reason I'm on this show and talking to Sean Bernard. And we'll, we can work on that because at one point we sublet this very studio yeah. when the Crafty Rogues was going, so we still have a special place for the Brian Oak podcast there. Um, and one thing that's really bonded Quino and I, he lived in London in the late 70s at the height of punk mm. and his his... Uh, encyclopedic Wikipedia knowledge of music would uh, you know him and you could talk for hours but he grew, he was in London in the late 70s I lived in London in the late 80s we like to compare and contrast he drank at a pub called um, uh, the Galtimore in Kilburn in London and at that time of course the Pogues were at their zenith and that's why I picked the Pogues as the last song well we're going to play that in just a moment but before we let you go I have a question for you Sean yes why do we keep having this guy on when Quino sounds like he's the interesting <laughs> one you know that's what I'd like to know he doesn't have the diddly diddly die oh the diddly diddly do okay very good um, well good luck with your podcast man and good luck with life ahead and my final question for you before we get into the song and thank our sponsors one last time how are you? You good? You you looking forward to 2023? Yes, I've got three healthy kids. I've got a circle of friends that are tight and strong, and my health is good. I have no complaints. Yeah, and you've got clear blue eyes, which is not fair. I know. Life's not fair. Oh! <laughs> he said, I know. Unbelievable. I don't have to look at him. Fa- <laughs> Thanks to Smart Start MN. Thanks to our friends at Moxie Wealth Management. Thank you, Sean Bernard. Thank you. And um, happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone. Go out and go ahead. You can be as reckless or as responsible as you want. You know, you brought up the word, the term amateur night, which is why I stopped going out on Valentine's Day. It's why I stopped going out on New Year's Eve. And it's why, unless my work requires me, I don't go out on St. Patrick's Day. I'm just, I'm too old for that bullshit anymore, you know? And again, it's fun. And I'm glad that people celebrate Irish heritage. But girls in boob shirts with doingly shamrock antenna on their head. Shamrockery at its finest. Sham, precisely. I don't know that that's what... Some of the forebearers were thinking. I've been to Newgrange, right? I've stood in a place older than the Egyptian pyramids, and then I come home to St. Patrick's Day. So I'm of two minds when it comes to that particular celebration. Um, but I hope you're well, man, and wish you the very best in the year ahead. Thank you, and I'm delighted to be here. I'm, I think this is the third or fourth year I've been on, mm. and it's always a joy. Well, glad to have Thanks, you Johnny. with. Uh, good luck, everyone, and uh, thank you very much. Now, the Pogues, which a Pogue is a kiss, correct? Yes. A co- Pogue is the Gilgore word for your mouth. Uh, or, oh. Sorry, no, it is a kiss. It is. It is? Uh, yeah. yeah, it is. You're the Irish guy here. I'm asking I, you gob, questions. Gob, gob is Oh, is you're gob. Mouth. That's British. Your gob is mouth. 
uh, Pogus kiss yet. This right. Pogue Mahone has yes. kissed my ass, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah. So yeah. Is, is there a band called the Mahones? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> I feel like there's a missed opportunity right think, there. Yeah. And so tell me why. Now, here's the thing about the Pogues. Well, actually, it's not the thing. It's a thing about the Pogues. An incredible band. Great. Rollicking. But brilliant storytelling, beautiful balladry, despite the fact that Shane McGowan <laughs> was clearly a mess, right? But, 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 but somehow, all good poets were. Well, I mean, like, you know, Ernest Hemingway was a mess, right? I mean, Brandon like, Bean. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. th- there's something about this band that I believe back in the 80s, their legend stood taller in America than it does now. I think a lot of people don't really think about the Pogues anymore. Yeah. But this is an important band. Yeah? It is. And I love this song because it's called The Lullaby of London. And it's about being away from home, which I have. And of course, I still have a strong connection to home. And thankfully, there's a thing called the Internet that keeps me in touch. But, you know, sometimes that longing needs a tune. And this this tune is the longing. As I walk down by the riverside.
Joe Burgess is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services uh, Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC. North Star Resource Group is an independently owned and operated. Moxie is affiliated with North Star Resource Group and is independently owned and operated. 2701 University Avenue Southeast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55414.